2: Hey, Church Planner, if you haven't checked out Logos Bible Software yet, you need to check it out. It's going to help you look a lot less dumb than you actually are. It's going to make your sermons sing, and it's going to make your homilies roar. I that was the best I could do. I'm sorry. <laughs> but go to LogosBiblesoftware.com and check it out. You'd be glad you did. I guess so. I guess we need that copy, don't we? I, you know,
1: you were trying. I'll give you that, man. You, you definitely, I, you, you were giving it all you had.
2: You know, all I could hear was, you know, where they said, Jack, you made our skin crawl. You made our boils ooze, you know, in uh, Jack Skellington. I, you know, I, I was thinking it. that, and I I just couldn't pull it off for the Logos Bible software. So uh, I want you to ask me, uh, what did I, what I get Jamie for Valentine's Day? Oh, well, you know, Pete, let me just say formally, officially, on behalf of my half of the Church Bonner podcast, happy Valentine's Day. Never going to feel right saying that to another dude, ever, no. but, you know, just because it makes you feel uncomfortable, happy Valentine's Day. Ask me what I got her. would you get, Jamie? A, a vacuum cleaner. Whoa man, nothing says a magic tide like a vacuum cleaner for Valentine's Day or a TV in the bedroom.
1: I just said, hey, you know, honey, I don't think you're I don't think these carpets are as clean as they could be. Let me get you a vacuum cleaner for Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Vacuum cleaner. Vacuum cleaner. That sounds like a safe word. Vacuum cleaner. Oklahoma. So, okay, you ready? I'm gonna jump in. I'm leaving all that in there. I'm leaving all that in there. What? Vacuum cleaner! Vacuum cleaner! Oklahoma! <laughs>
2: so uh was this a present that jamie was like you know pete what i'd really like for valentine's day were you like woman this house is dirty if you love me you'll vacuum here which do you think it was oh jamie
1: asked for it all the way there is no way my wife was like hey can you please get me a vacuum cleaner no this took some doing on my part i needed to tell her how it was I need her to understand. Woman, now,
2: Pete, clean up my, my carpet. Friend. And because it's Valentine's Day, I'll say, I love you. I want you to stay married. Why? Friends can't let friends get that? Va- you should have talked to me before today. I could have helped you. I could have said, dude, like a spa gift certificate for your wife. Because that's why I got Andrea. And she won't hear this till Monday. So I haven't blown it or anything.
1: Wait, you got her a spa gift certificate?
2: Yeah, dude, so she can go and, like,
1: get spa Yeah, you know what? That stuff never turns out the way it's supposed to turn out. Why?
2: I'm just oh, saying. Oh, because they go in there and they go, don't you want a membership? And they go, yeah, for $200 more, I got a year's worth. Wait, wait, wait. Let me <laughs> just say, I did, <laughs> I did the
1: massage envy for Jamie, like, last year, because you have to sign up for a year. And let me just say, I didn't get rewarded the way I thought I was going to get rewarded, and I'm not making that financial mistake again.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I I think you had to go for the full spa to get what you wanted. I don't think massage. I'm massage pretty sure it's like buying shoes from Payless. No, no, no. I'm not trying to cast shade on on massage envy. It's just, it's just, it's not. It's 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 like we need a hamburger at McDonald's. It's good. It's got that McDonald's quality, but it ain't no in and out or five guys. You know what I'm saying? It's not like a real hamburger. I don't know. I don't know. So what is today's episode all about? So today's topic is, well, the title, I've already named it. I, I don't often name our podcast. I normally just give it a title and you do the one about. I, but I name it.
1: I name it. I call it, this one's Fred.
2: That one's Janet. Huh? huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it would be funny if we I yeah, gave each one a like a child name because dude, we'd be up to like three hundred and something baby names. We'd, we'd have be to like, come up.
1: We'd be like uh,
2: Harvey. Who names their kid Harvey? Dude, we'd be like man. We'd be like like the Mormon God. You know, like populating his planet of a colob, run out of baby names like. You know, uh, three hundred. I, I, we would like no parent except for like the Mormon God has to come up with that many names. Know what I mean?
1: No, I, I got a baby book. Why you need the Mormon God? Why you got? Why, why you got to bring him into this, huh? Why you got to bring him <laughs> into this Christian podcast?
2: <laughs> Dude, just for the record, I know I've mentioned this before, but I read the Book of Mormon cover to cover. Most boring read ever. And it came to pass. when every sentence starts and it came to pass, um, you you pretty much – you know it's made up. But anyways, um, here's the deal. Uh, Today's title is the one about we missed episode 300 because we did. We missed it. Somehow, we just rolled right into episode 300. It wasn't somehow. I told you how we missed it. Oh, yeah. It was a way. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're well, like here. Yeah, uh, why don't you just play him a couple of my sermons? That, that'll keep our listeners happy. They just like to listen <laughs> to me anyway. Oh, and and here, why don't you do a, a an episode with Bo? Beau? Well, Bo's a great guy and all, but uh, why you get vacation and I don't? That didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, no, uh, you, you taking know what? time off? I'm taking time off.
2: Vacation is a lot like money. You gotta take it. Oh wait, that came out wrong. Um you, it, no one's just going to give you vacation. You got to take the vacation. Just take it. Do you mean like you had to post them and stuff like you had to, you had to like work the controls? You really I, have no idea how the podcast gets done. I can't argue with that. That is, that is no doubt true. I know and it's true. It's become glaringly obvious as I'm planning to do a a two podcast which one is a Bible podcast and the other one, just being a general ministry podcast, you're right. I literally have no clue. Hey, dude, like, tap, I actually am tap. getting ready to watch a YouTube video on how, how to run a podcast. And I've only been at this for six years. But hey, it's kind of mic. evident you've been running the podcast. Tap I just mic. show up and talk, baby.
1: Tap your mic. Tap it. Tap, tap, tap.
2: What's that mean? Why, why, why am I doing this? No, nah, because it just you were like,
1: uh, the sound wasn't good. And I was not sure if it was that mic that was working.
2: Oh, is it not good still?
1: I think someone messed with it yesterday. Yeah, someone i so. You're not usually yeah. that, uh, like you're blowing out. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, there you go. That's better. Okay. All right. Is that better? That's much better.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Have Have I been blown out the whole time?
1: Yeah, but not like really bad, just enough to annoy me. Maybe okay. that's because I was listening to your voice. <laughs> Get it? That annoys me. <laughs>
2: We're actually in here setting up a um, couple different microphones in my office, and uh, I think the the gremlins mess with things. Do you know how uh,
1: this morning I had uh, I had one of the greatest breakfasts you can have? I had eggs and bacon. Oh, like, and I cooked the eggs in the bacon juice. I mean, it was like whoa, heart attack on a plate! Awesome, awesome breakfast.
2: Only if you do it every once in a while, it's okay. You know, so and you, you, know you can how I asked the wife for the to pass me the salt and pepper, huh?
1: I go, just push it, <laughs> and she hands me the salt and
2: pepper. Nice, get it, get I see it? it there. Uh-huh. That was pretty. Good. Yeah, yeah. All that was you know, good.
1: Valentine's Day, baby. <laughs> just, just push it. Here is the salt and pepper. I know that's what you're after.
2: You, you save you save those up for for special occasions like today. I'm telling you, you get my best jokes. So I did something kind of cool. I I was proud of. So uh, you know I got daughters, right? So I'm trying to trying to let them know that, hey, when when a dude loves you, like he he's gonna he's gonna be romantic. He's gonna keep the romance alive. He's gonna do like you know little things. So I you know I got a little girl. I never had a sister, and you know I can say this now because my mom's gone to glory. But she had a hysterectomy when I was three. So. I did not get women's emotions growing up at all, right? When I got married and my wife got emotional about something, I was I was like, "What what? I thought I was in the twilight zone." Like no disrespect to my wife cuz she's sane when she's emotional. But it was kind of like what what I don't have a box of, like what's happening. I don't have a box to put this in. And um so, you know, it's funny, man, cuz I got I got daughters now. And being married and having daughters, kind of like God going, okay, little late, you know, late, late bloomer here, but you got to learn this stuff. This is important. So I'm trying to learn like the female emotions and stuff. So we're in Starbucks, you know, maybe about five weeks ago and I do a daddy daughter date with Liberty. She's 10 and it means a lot to her. It's actually my favorite time of the week is taking her out. Because if you guys don't do this with your daughters, I'll tell you what, like my daughter comes home, how's your day? It was good, you know, blah blah blah, it was good. <clears throat> how how was cheer practice? It was good. I take her out on my daddy daughter day and yada 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 yada, yada. chat a box, chat a box, chata box. And I feel like I really get to know her, which is kind of cool, right? It it does somehow just spending that time with her, it it changes things. So anyways, a couple of weeks ago, we are out, maybe about four or five, and uh, she sees this Starbucks water bottle. Now, she has to take a water bottle to school. It's like a rule, right? Like, I guess they got to keep kids hydrated nowadays. So she has to take this water bottle. So she sees this water bottle, and she goes nuts for it. And I'm like, oh, no, but you know who liked that is mommy. Maybe i get it from mommy, and it had like little hearts on it for Valentine's Day. And it was a fair play. If you're a girl, It was it was really cool. So I bought it for her and I hit it anyways on the way to school today on our daddy daughter date, which happens to be Thursdays. I, uh, I busted it out and just her being as excited as she was about it. It, you know, it costs like 16 bucks, one, like a huge investment. But the fact that I had bought it all that time ago and told her, Hey, I've, I've had that hidden away. And it was just kind of a cool moment. I mean, it was, it was just kind of cool. And so Man, here's the thing. When you have daughters, you kind of, you know that one day another dude is going to take her and he's going to take care of her. And you're the dad. You're taking care of her. I mean, it's not the same. He's going to be like her lover and all that, you know, totally different dynamics. But that aspect of I take care of you now, one day another dude's going to take care of you is kind of a cool deal, you know, kind of neat, man. I'm sorry, I tuned you out about five minutes ago. What were you talking about? <laughs> it's all right. Something that would have changed your life. I for keep, sure. I keep telling Jamie that uh, Mackenzie is
1: much more like me than Luke is. And I am I am confident that Mackenzie is going to be the gunslinger.
2: That's rad. I, I don't doubt you on that. Knowing Mackenzie, seeing that look she can give. Oh, yeah. I. Doubt you on that. You Jesus. know, Luke, he'd be What's like, hard. you know, Harry Jesus or whatever. Jesus steak, you know, whatever it was when it, when I turn up. And, uh, you know, hey, you know, Pastor Payton, blah, blah, blah. You know, all, all about the superheroes and the G.I. Joes and whatever. Mackenzie just gives you this hard stare like, yeah, I got you sussed out, pal. Don't you, don't you try anything.
1: She gives that look like, I'm packing. Just move. Just go ahead and reach yeah. for it.
2: Yeah, I think her her Valentine's Day style would be something like uh yeah, just uh slip the envelope under the door in the morning. And uh yeah, clear she's, on my, She's totally I'll, the girly I'll, girl. I mean, she's just
1: like Jamie, she's the girly girl. She's all about, you know, the outfits and all that, but she's the one who's like like Luke to this day is afraid to swim. And Jamie doesn't know how to swim right an adult and she's like oh no the water's deep i'm like dude are you serious this is i'm gonna throw you in the deep end this is like ridiculous Mackenzie is like
2: don't that touch what happens me happens in your house like you you threaten jamie to throw her in the deep end if she didn't behave
1: uh when we're on vacation
2: <laughs> we're going to scissor but i don't want to go to deep end deep end we're going to scissor you, you follow me dude that was so look fun, in my eyes man. the, the deep end. day The other day,
1: Peyton comes to me and he says, hey, I I think we got a deal here. You know, it might be worth X amount of dollars. It's half for you, half for me. What do you think about that? And what was my reply?
2: I don't remember.
1: (laughs) I'm going to the Sizzler tonight. (laughs) Woo!
2: If you guys are listening, Sizzler is kind of a joke with our generation. Um, Some of you young people don't know what Sizzler means. It's, It's a restaurant. It's out there. You've probably driven past it, didn't notice it. Sizzler. I don't have a lot of time. I don't have a lot of money. Sizzler.
1: And what was your comment to me was something along the lines of uh oh man, how did you word it? You were like, um, you can have a, a, you're gonna do the salad bar plus a, a meal or something like that. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, you're gonna get the the steak and the
2: salad bar. <laughs> uh if you only went to Sizzler, you would understand how funny that is indeed indeed all you can eat salad bar let me add they were the first one to do that
1: oh yeah yeah that was like their claim to fame
2: and then uh and then wasn't it like shakeys did it next and then uh like people shakey's started is falling into pizza through. joint
1: and all i know oh, is dude. i i went there it's nasty
2: it's... dude olive garden do you remember when olive garden was like the hotness like People are like, I could just get soup and salad, all you can eat, and breadsticks, unlimited bread It was like, you know, the, 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 I forgot the name of it, Olive Garden. Oh, my gosh, dude, that was like, that was the hotness. Like, people would cater Olive Garden to events. And, then, like, you're like, yeah, my grandma likes Olive Garden, you know, like, tastes like cardboard, but. People don't know, man, back in the day, like those places, we, we had a bad growing up, dude. We didn't have good places. Did we? We, we, we. It's not like today. It's not like all the hipsters are like, yeah, you know, I got some, uh, you know, slowly raised, braised venison with a little bit of uh, pickled onion and blackberry. Jume. I just made a word up because I don't know. I understand half of those culinary words nowadays, but. Yeah, man, it, it, it like it wasn't like it is today. Where do you go to eat today? Like, what's your what's your go to place? Oh, uh, I got a couple places. Um, so my absolute favorite Mexican is a place called Lucha Libre, which is you go in and it's all like these luchadors all over. It's like obscenely obnoxious. I actually took a friend there once who got scared. And He says it's too much like a nightclub. I can't eat here. So, uh, the, 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 but it's amazing food. Um, and you gotta tip well to get a good burrito. So you tip, you tip when you have them make your burrito. Um, fish is fish 101 down in Encinitas. Um, crab cooker when I'm in Orange County, cause that's, that's amazing. Um, do you mean like chains?
1: I just was curious what your go-to place was.
2: Yeah, yeah, those are places I like. My my daughter, she's ten. Her favorite's Benihana, so every birthday we're at Benihanas for her. Yeah, you know, I kind of wonder. Benihana is that Japanese? Yeah, it was again another thing that was big in the eighties. But uh, you
1: see, I kind of wonder. Do you think in Japan they've got like a Benihanas over there, but with American
2: food and guys just sitting around in lounge (laughs) chairs? I just heard that joke. I think you sent me that. <laughs> you sent me that meme where uh, yeah. he's like, yeah, wonder if they got some some guys cooking out, you know, tailgate parties, you know, cooking out on the grill, making amateurs and hot dogs. <laughs> I think that would be a great restaurant in Japan. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, man. I don't so they got mean- a Denny's in Wales now. And uh, people are like, oh, yeah, we finally got a Denny's here. And they're like, it's not very good. And I'm like, you guys. That's kind of the point. It's open twenty four hours. It's the only reason people go there. Like Denny sucks. It's supposed to suck. Like you're not supposed but to have good the food at Denny's. If you're going there for the food, you're going for the wrong reason. Is it open twenty four hours over there? Yes. Well, keep keep in mind it's a binge drinking culture. So uh, Wednesday nights, now Thursday, Friday, and stuff so four nights a week. It's all night partying going on downtown. Interesting. Oh, it's crazy. Dude, when I first went there, it was Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday night. And then it extended to so four four nights straight. It's like New York, man. It's all night party, but binge drinking is huge there. Like huh. staying out like they started opening like uh one hour motels downtown in the city that I planted in where it was like, Yeah, we know you're hooking up. One night stands, so uh and it, it's heartbreaking, dude. So it's LA. So sh- what?
1: It's LA is what you're saying.
2: It's, and I'm telling you what, dude, it's like, uh, they, they started a ministry. there called street pastors. We had one of the guys uh, from our church guy on what's that ago. We had your guy on who talked about that. Yeah, that's right. Nigel. Was that his name? Yeah. Well, we did have Nigel. Yeah. That was the early days. Nigel ended up taking over for, uh, Andy Bell, who he was a guy. We kind of helped bring it there. It started in Manchester and London and we brought it to Swansea. And, uh, it, it was rad, dude. It still goes on. And those guys share the gospel, man. It's awesome. But they, they keep people from being raped, um, help people that have been drugged, get home. Um, it, it's crazy. Keep people from, it's, it's, it's insane, dude. I, I, it's like the wild west out there. I think one of the things
1: that impressed me the most, or not impressed me, but, uh, made an impression on me. Is when he was telling us a story, he's like, you know, we're out there, we're doing this, we're thinking, hey, we're really gonna help these people, you know, the gals who are so drunk they can't even walk, they're they're getting raped, and we're stopping that. But the biggest impact they had was on the bartenders and the bouncers. Yeah. The guys yeah. who were sober, basically. Yep. And they're like, yep. Hey, you know, we'll help you clean up all this vomit. We got you covered.
2: Oh, it's it's an tomorrow. absolute staple now. Of the community. It's one of those areas where um, Christianity has made a dent and it has been a positive in a post-Christian society. It has been a positive influence where the guys are out serving and people are like, why are you doing this? Like what, like they can't believe that there's a group of people that just stay out there and they have like police looking jackets, you know, it says street pastor on the back and, uh, and they're just there and they're there to serve. And they just, You know, it's, it's amazing, man. So they, they get amazing gospel conversations. Uh, They're not supposed to, they're not out there to proselytize directly, but people come up and talk to them every single night that they're out there. I want to talk like, why are you doing that? It's amazing, dude. It's super cool. But, um, Hey, we're supposed to be talking about, uh, the, the, we missed episode 100,
1: 300, 300. We, We were here for episode 100.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess it's easy to see now how we miss an episode. I have no so, idea where to take that. Well, I mean, obviously I can't remember what episode 300 hundred. It's been six years come next month. It's been a, it's been a long haul for us, Pete, lots has happened and I don't know how to, how to really take this episode. Do we do like what happened between 200 and 300? or do we just talk about the entire show is it kind of like we get to open up the whole treasure trove uh, or pandora's box however you see it of what's happened over the last 300 episodes so
1: are we talking about our famous or our famous our favorite moments from the show pretty much my
2: favorite moment uh-oh <laughs> which was last week actually I know i know i have the best screenshot of you Busted! You're laughing so hard. You've got like your 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 head down on on your on your your face, palming yourself basically with your elbow on the table. You're practically crying. You're laughing so hard. Dude, I was and crying,
1: I, and then right then Skype cuts out, and I was just <laughs> I was like, oh man, that was like the funniest story, because it was the internal struggle of can I share this on the Church Planner Podcast or not?
2: That was my internal struggle which usually the the answer is no you know when in doubt probably good to hold off unless you want to edit this episode but in that case i thought you were okay i thought you were good yeah yeah i thought it was too
1: you know i thought it was too
0: i left, I'll never I left forget. a lot of
1: the, the the subtext to be read in by the listener and and that's what made it okay
2: you know i i never i never will no, I lost my train of thought. Never mind. Don't worry, it wasn't important. It wasn't.
1: What have been some of your favorite moments on the show?
2: I'm mm, my all-time favorite is always, and it's my sense of humor. Please, and I please, know it doesn't. Please be Philip Yancey. It was Philip Yancey. Phil Yancey. <laughs> dropping dropping into the phone call as we did in those early days where we had this conference call set up and. We drop in, and I come into the call because it, it says, you know, about to join call. And then it and then it tells you, you have now been added to the call. So it feels like you're, you know, uh, on a drop ship getting ready to drop down into alien-infested battles. To me, this is in my head, if you're in my head. And I go, woo Like, I picture myself, like, you know, landing on the battlefield. You know, everybody's waiting. It tells me there's other people waiting in the call. And... <laughs> there's just like stunned silence and i'm like hello is anyone here and uh philip's like this is philip and he just was not pleased i mean you could just that that's my all-time favorite philip yancey man just
1: just him going insisted, what in the heck have i
2: you insisted
1: that? on calling him phil and he I, kept I didn't correcting know. you he's like philip yeah oh, sure he phil was,
2: fell up Oh, he, he kept, he kept saying, you know, my friends call me Philip and, and I, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I was trying to be cool about it, but he was clearly irritated. I was waiting
1: for you to start going, Hey, P dog, dog. (laughs) what about when the suffering is really bad? P dog. The
2: thing is though, the thing is I love Philip Yancey's writing and, and I, and I actually like him. I just, I, I did feel kind of bad for him. Like this is me kind of turning on the human side here for a second. Cause there's the punk side that just kind of says, you know, like that's funny. That's an, it was, it was almost as good as the time that I made Lou Ferrigno mad. The guy that played the incredible Hulk. Cause you, you make Lou Ferrigno angry. Like you can make him sad. You can make him laugh. That's not as good as making him angry. I, I don't quite feel that way with Phil. Uh, I had another cool moment with Phil, a totally separate occasion. But on that call, it was like, It's probably best you don't really know who I am uh, after this phone call. You know, maybe it's good. You never think of me ever again. But, um, but you know, I did kind of feel sorry for him because it was like he dropped into this call and he's probably thinking, I'm Philip Stinkin' Yancey. What am I doing with these two knuckleheads? And I'm sorry. I just thought that was kind of funny. I love you. Yeah, so my favorite moment—I have—I have a lot of moments I'm not proud of oh, on this podcast. I want to hear about those because they probably got cut. You know, I just—I just remember a, a friend of mine once saying, uh, "You know, people can learn best from you if they respect you." Well, we know that ship sailed a long time ago. No, you know, it's funny because I always think there's a sense in—and I always—I always go back and forth on this. There is a sense in which you. You, As a leader, you, on one hand, you, you, you have a certain degree of, um, I don't know how to put it, like credibility, but then there's familiarity as well. Jesus had that balance, right, where he was very familiar with the 12, and yet there was still a level of respect. And And when when the guy said it to me, it was, I kind of took it as kind of like an old school leadership where like, you were the pastor, you know, and you and I've talked about this cause you're the son of a pastor and you've, you, you've, you've grown up and that, you know, the truth, right? Like, I mean, your dad's rad, but I like your dad a lot. Um, but he's a human being. And for me, there's something about when I went to Wales, it, it was no longer, I'm this like persona, I'm this, um, avatar up on stage. Um, I am this public figure. It was, I'll I'll never, never forget going to Wales. And they said, oh man, they eat their pastures for breakfast here. And part of the Celtic mindset, particularly in a working class, former coal mining country where, you know, men just worked hard and died young. Um, there was a, they, they just, they said, look, there's no putting on airs here. Um, this is working class. This is an industrial society and you you don't you don't get to be the hero you uh, i'm telling you if you're going to join ministry here get used to a lot of hardship get used to to people you know you're not going to have the respect you had in america that's what my mentor told me and um and and i got to be honest going into ministry at like 19 20 years old and having feeling this crushing weight of leading a mega church at at the age of 20 Gosh, I was assistant at 21, interim pastor at 22. I, that was a lot of weight, man. And it was very freeing to me to go, "Well, cool, you guys are gonna like." I'm 25, you know. Um, I'm at Lloyd Jones's church. Cool, just let me be a normal dude. Finally, I find that freeing. So I went to work in a factory, and you know, it 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 was. I don't know how to put it, man, but that prepped me. I think for that ministry of authenticity that says, hey, I'm just a dude, like the Holy Spirit's power is real, and he will fill you, but let's not pretend anymore, like that's that's kind of the problem, is we've had guys saying big things on stage for years, next minute you read about them in the paper, some scandal, and they've been sleeping with prostitutes, and that's been like the repeated, just this week another mega pastor, you know, kind of had a fall, and if you play sound bites." They're very bold things, and they're very sometimes seemingly arrogant things. And th- there's this persona: I am the grand master, and I just I know the next generation doesn't buy it. And so I've I've struggled at times like, what's the balance? I don't have Jesus's balance, but uh, like I said, I, I'll look back sometimes. and eh, should I have said that, or should I not have said that? And uh, there's there's a difference between being real and sometimes going, yeah, that was just a stupid thing to say
1: yeah 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 it's a tough mix man. It's a tough uh
2: it's a tough uh, road to to go down to keep that. it is and yet at the same time, right like you look at Paul and uh paul Paul says some things that God allows in in Galatians uh, we see him lose his temper with the high priest and then he says about the circumcision group, I wish they'd just emasculate themselves completely. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about circumcision. He's like, I, I, I just, I just wish they would move the knife up and cut the whole thing off. That's what he's saying. You know, and, and whether the, 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 you know, if what he's getting at is that they can't reproduce or that they would die or whatever, you're like, okay, that's too far, Paul. And yet it's in there, you know, Paul, His raw emotion is coming through in the book of Galatians. Never, never forget watching the documentary on, on Lenny Kravitz. And they were talking about the album where he, you know, it's not over till it's over his second album. And this, this girl, his sister-in-law is on there going, he's breaking his heart on that album. And that's how I always feel about Paul and Galatians is the dude's heart is breaking, Right. And all the raw, unbridled emotion of a human being is just coming through Paul. And he's saying things and putting things on paper that people probably would have been like, uh, Paul, uh, scratch that out, get the white out, don't put that in there. And yet the Holy Spirit allows that stuff to be written. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool. And, and then you go, okay. And I don't disrespect Paul anymore. I just see his humanity. And that actually encourages me. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I, I look back on our 300-plus episodes sometimes and go, yeah, I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> There's been a couple of times I'm like, Pete, you got to take that out. A <laughs> couple of times. I finally
1: told you I'm not fixing it. You want to do it, you got to cut it and give it back to me, and
2: I'll upload it. Yeah, it was funner when you would just fix stuff. I got to be honest. Yeah. Now I, I had to think about what I said a lot less. Yeah, I'm not your employee. That's
1: that's how this works. Dang,
2: I need a, I need a new employee then.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, and I think too, you know, it, kind of what you're bringing up reminds me of, uh, man, I got to be careful how I say this. <laughs> Talk about being careful what you say. Um, it reminds me of stuff that's come up this last week. And I don't remember who it was. I, I remember one of the conversations I was having with a, a buddy of mine but you know we've had a lot of uh right now in america politics are just out of control both sides i i don't it's just oh
2: my gosh dude
1: it's unbelievable right and uh so the the virginian governor um you know is in trouble because he has a a picture in his college yearbook of when he's in uh blackface and um you know, everyone is like, "Oh, he needs to resign. He needs to resign." And I just kind of feel like, like I am not a Democrat. <laughs> like he's a Democrat. I am so not a Democrat. Well, that dude's a Democrat. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Oh yeah.
2: Yeah, he's he's a Democrat, and um, I assumed he was a Republican because he did a stupid blackface thing. No, no,
1: no. He's he's a Democrat. And uh, ironically, with
2: CNN, they started listening to him as a Republican
1: on TV. Are you serious?
2: Yes.
0: See, it just shows
2: that that so kind of prejudice. News. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, but shoot, man, that yeah. just. But but here's, I, I, here's I made the thing. same mistake. Here's
1: here's my thing, though, is I look at that and I go, "Look, I, I'm not a Democrat. I'm, I mean, I'm so conservative. I'm not a Republican," and. And I look at that and I'm like, there has to be some level of grace in our society where we go, look, you did this when you were young, stupid, and it was culturally acceptable. Not saying it was right, but I'm saying we're now going to crucify some guy because of something he did years, decades ago. Mm -hmm. And it's like, where's our grace as a society? Where's our grace where we just go, look, man, okay, I, I get it was a different time. I get that it was socially acceptable, even though it hurt a lot of people and shouldn't have been done. But let's have some grace for the guy. And well, I think I'm, it depends on how you, and I'm so not a Democrat. And I'm saying that, right?
2: No, no, I get you. I, I, I think it depends on how you, we've talked about this. It depends on how you handle this stuff. Like when you make a mistake, you have to really apologize sincerely. and, And, and people are more forgiving if there's genuine repentance. I think first he apologized and he came out. I think it was worse that he came out and said, Oh, actually that's not even me in the picture. I don't remember, you know, then, you know, like I, 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 think just a heartfelt, Hey guys, I was wrong. I was stupid. I don't know what possessed me. I would never do that today. Um, back then, I mean, culture has moved on it, we, we used to do that stuff. It was stupid. It was the seventies, um, or eighties or whatever, but you know, and and things have changed socially like, but you know, it's funny cause I, I sat with my nephew who's African American. I have a lot of African Americans in my extended family and I sat and talked with him and we were talking it through and he said, no, I, I don't think he ought to be fired. It was, you know, it was years ago and he's African American, But he said, but I think the conversation is very healthy, you know, for us to be having about this. But, you know, and, and, and I, he asked me what I thought. And I said, the thing is though, dude, like I know culture's changed, but that even way back then I would have been like, I ain't doing that. And I go, maybe it's because of how I, how I was raised, like My, my mom would have shot me if I had done that because the household I grew up in, my mom had two words that you cannot say, the F word and the N word. And uh, we were like the Osbournes dude, but the F word was too far and the N word was too far. Like my mom told me, she sat me down once when I was young and she said, use the N word. That's like the F word and gets the same punishment. And my mom was rad. I mean, she was totally like, you know, she she lost friends. She came from the South and she literally lost friends. Um, a bit like that movie, the help for embracing African American people in her, in her home. And she was like, Hey, screw you. I'm willing to lose you as a friend. You're not the kind of friend I want to have then. And my, you know, she went on to be an ESL teacher and yada, yada. But I think for me, like, as I'm reflecting, I'm like, I would have known back then, like, That's not cool. Don't do that. And and again, maybe it was how I was raised. I also love history. Understood a lot about history. My grandfather's Civil War author. So these things have always been kind of talked about in my family, if that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely agree that how you deal with it on a personal level really helps determine how people should, you know, handle it on the other side. But I just think that, unfortunately, in our society
2: today, we have no grace for anyone. Yeah, we're not willing to. We're witch hunters. I mean, we human nature is witch hunters. I mean, it didn't matter if during the McCarthy era it was communism. Um, now it's Trump supporters. Who knew
1: McCarthy was right?
2: Sorry, go on. (laughs) No, but it it was. It was. it, It doesn't matter. Like. What the era is, it whatever it, we always do witch hunts. Every age has always done witch hunts. um it it will it will always be something It's kind of like where Jesus said, you always have the poor. Um we talk tolerance in our society, but there's a witch hunt after intolerance. As soon as they talk tolerance, 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 they will witch hunt after anyone who's deemed intolerant and and so you're never going to have. The absence of witch hunts, because whatever is deemed to be socially acceptable, right. whatever deviates from that will be persecuted. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it just changes. The flavor changes all the time, but yeah, human and, nature stays the same. The
1: reality is, is I don't think that uh, that Trump started all of this.
2: I oh, think he's not. a
1: symptom of a society that's already gone that direction. Correct. And, and that to me is part of the problem that we've got is because now we have like the top job in the world, right? You're the leader of the free world. I know everyone outside of America doesn't understand that when we say that, but uh, that's all right. Uh, back-to-back World War champs over here. That's all I got to say on that. <laughs> <laughs> but, that's funny. But now that we've got <clears throat> him up there being just this unbelievable intolerant ungraceful jackass, which is what he is being. It has set the tone that this is now acceptable to be that way. So now we see the new crop of uh, congressional members uh, coming in and they are just as intolerant they are yeah. just as crass they are just as crude and well, they, they just go oh well we blame it you know if he can do it so can we and that's and it's the degradation of our society
2: correct so obama you know love him hate him agree with him disagree with him he kept it classy i'm not saying he did stuff that was Keep was classy, right. like Diego. he was he was equally as dirty come on in the way he fought
1: ron burgundy um, ron burgundy he, He was a dirty,
2: I mean, he was, he was probably the dirtiest fighter I've ever seen, but he kept that, that classy veneer with Trump. Trump came in just swinging. Like, do you remember when he went after, um, Oh, was the guy? Rand Paul. Do You remember when he went after Rand Paul and he started like poking fun of his hair and stuff and his appearance?
1: No, but that wouldn't surprise me.
2: He's like, uh,
1: I mean,
2: he goes, I mean, I could make fun of his appearance. He's doing this in a debate. And he goes, I mean, look at him. I got a lot of material. And like nobody's ever said anything like that in a public debate, nor should they. Right. Right. The, the, the fact is Trump has his childishness has brought politics down to a level where now if you need to fight with him, you have to get equally as childish. So Pelosi's clap during the thing. Childish completely childish I didn't um see it. if you're reading through her reports behind him now he's childish um and and if anything i think people around him are telling him dude grow up like start acting like like the world leader
1: i don't i don't think anyone around him is saying that because they know they will lose their well, job
2: you can see a change in him though and i have what? definitely seen, are
1: you talking about there's no change in him
2: Well, in, in, in the recent state of the union address, there was a marked. Uh, Now I'm not a Trump fan. Don't get me wrong here, but there was a marked. I was actually a little bit shocked by some of the humility that he displayed in that speech. A couple of times. I was like, oh, that doesn't sound like him. He must have people either that, or he's just, you know, like I'm thinking like maybe his daughter or people like that. that kind of have come out saying, yeah, he does stupid things, but here's, here's the thing is that, um, What we're seeing now is we're not seeing anything. They've always been childish. They just had a veneer of professionalism, and that's eroding now in our politics. We're now starting to see how petty people really are um, coming through in politics. They've always been petty, and they've always been childish, just like you and just like me. Um, But now you're seeing it um, come through. So what's happening in our society is, and I believe a lot of it's the reality TV stuff. Um, that people are just—they're seeing um, constant freakouts, um, constant meltdowns, constant—and and it's just becoming normal now. It's not even something that you're ashamed of anymore. You just—you just hang it all out there, which also is stupid. I mean, Proverbs going back to our earlier conversation. Um, Proverbs says a fool speaks everything that's in his heart. <laughs> that's why sometimes I look back on some of our stuff and think maybe I shouldn't have said that but a fool speaks everything that's yeah. in his heart. So you're not supposed to like I said there's a difference between being authentic and and sharing hey I'm real and I and I think these thoughts and sometimes just being stupid.
1: Yeah, no, I I don't even know how we got
2: off on that tangent but uh <laughs> this is supposed to be the funny episode I about all of our greatest moments. I mean, Pete, we've gone through everything with you. We've gone through your underwear. That didn't sound right. We've gone for like many joy rides in your charger and we've been on the range getting targeted by gun talk like, you know, umpteenth times. I mean, we have many, many, I, I still think one of the best moments was when I invented the ninja range you know, where you hop around like a ninja and go across rope bridges and throw rubber stars and shoot rubber bows and arrows at people and have samurai sword fights. I still think that's a winner of an idea that in my mind, I'll be a millionaire forever in my mind off that one. But you know, so we had this, this couple over our house a
1: couple of weeks back and, uh, they've got a daughter that's, uh, uh, she's on the spectrum with autism. And I, I honestly wouldn't have known it had they not said it. And then I was like, oh, okay, now things make more sense. Sure. She she goes to, you know, regular school, but I mean, she's, she's different. And um, so, you know, they know that, that I'm into to guns and they were just like, yeah, you know, you got a daughter on the spectrum. We don't have any guns in our house at all. I'm like, totally get it. Right. I mean, makes sense. And um they go, but our I don't remember who it was. It was like a, a cousin or something is like really into to guns as well. And so their kids are like, I think they said they were like uh, 11 and 10, and they get invited with uh, with our friends' kids to go to a Taekwondo uh, dojo like for a birthday party, they were gonna do like a you know Taekwondo thing. Yeah, And they go there, and the the kids that come from the gun family are, like, looking at everyone doing Taekwondo. And this 11-year-old kid looks at his brother and goes, so that's what people without guns do. (laughs) 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 Oh, my gosh, dude. They had to share that with me, and I was just dying when I heard that one.
2: that's funny so that's what except that 11 year old kid doesn't have a gun when he's walking around he's going to get his butt beat <laughs> yeah but it's still funny come on, come it, on. It, it is funny that's i funny. do got to say that's funny yeah man i never knew karate favorite. growing up in the 80s we were all about knowing karate we had the ninja shows a karate kid i didn't know any of that stuff but we still tried man we still like ran around the playground and karate kicked each other all the time one of my favorite talks on the podcast is when
1: i had just taken a test drive in the charger (laughs) and i'm like yeah it's a v8 and blah 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 and oh man the the gurgle on the car and i'm going off and you go what kind of gas mileage does that car get and i'm all (laughs) who cares (laughs) you don't ask that question if you're buying a charger you're not buying it for the gas mileage this isn't a prius I mean, it's a Charger. But it was just, uh, to me, it was a perfect example of the two differences in us. You are thinking of the future, being the
2: wise car shopper. I remember the time where I I think I might have tempted. I think you were close to buying me a Charger at one point.
1: Uh, Well, I got to tell you, they are so cheap. If if things weren't uh, playing out the way they're probably playing out for the podcast and magazine, I'd consider buying you a charger. Absolutely.
2: Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go rethink my life right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. man. Yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so you know, it, it, it's been fun, man. I mean, we've, we've, you know, we've made fun of a lot of our, our calling guests. We've, we've called a dude in the field, which we've talked about this on episode 200. That was the <laughs> early day, you know? Yeah i'll I'll never forget meeting michael Cheshire um we drove out and we met him back in the early days um, of the podcast i I was a huge fan of how to knock over a seven eleven and um and he had a medical condition but he had a really big um belly I can't remember what medicine he was on he's like yeah dude it makes me put on weight but one of my favorite things ever because uh, it was just so him dude's got a, a funny sense of humor but with his big giant belly, um, which did kind of like, he was making fun of it. He's like, look, I look like a pregnant woman. We're standing in, uh, the yard house, um, up at the, at the, the host. I've never told this story. And, uh, up at the hostess's desk waiting to get seated. And I feel this like something pushing on me. And all of a sudden I'm being pushed into the, the hostess stand, you know, <laughs> which in the art house is pretty solid. And I'm getting, like, crushed. And I turn around. It's Michael Cheshire. And he's just, like, pushing. He's pushing his belly into me so hard. He's, like, wedging me in between the thing. He's trying to squish me. It was like being in the trash compactor. Dude, that's that was so cool. funny. That was pretty funny. And I, I looked at him. He's just giving me this funny look. Like, because the dude's huge. Like, yeah. and I don't mean, like, weight-wise. I mean, he's tall. Like no, that he's dude a big, was big guy. He's a big guy. He was on some medication,
1: and they couldn't let him lose all of the water so quick. That's right. So they did like all these these medical tests, and he was he was supposedly. I mean, I don't, I don't know, but he so, was he was swollen. like you no, could no, no. see. He, like he his was body incredibly was incredibly healthy, except for the size. But they couldn't let him like lose all of that water so quickly. They're like that'll be way too too bad for your body so we need you to lose this water slowly
2: yeah so oh dude it was rad that that was a pretty funny moment i gotta say yeah yeah that sounds like a funny moment he was he was funny when we
1: interviewed him in that restaurant and all the the plates are
2: clanging and i mean we're that was kind of cool i like that i actually thought man this is a cool way to do an interview like in a public spot you know yeah that was like episode 16 or
1: 17 it was way up at the beginning because we had talked about him on every episode almost ex- like we talked about him on everyone and then we meet him interview him and then we're like okay
2: that's it on to the next one well he was <laughs> going through rough time at the in 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 those times well, i don't know if we really saw him time. at his best but he was he was I'm, only starting to go through the rough time back then yeah yeah and we didn't know and he told yeah, us afterwards yeah, and yeah, we're like oh hard. okay but you know it, it's funny man because um the uh Gosh, like we we were doing a themed issue on Mars Hill right when it blew apart, and I remember at that time being like, "This is weird. Why, why is there this like kind of guardedness? Like, what's?" I had no idea. Like, Mars about to blow apart. to do Acts twenty nine, and uh, man, I mean, you know, it's you, you it's were breaking it's up been, there, been quite so
1: a. We, we missed all of what you just said.
2: Oh, uh, maybe it was best that I didn't say. I was just talking about we did the Acts twenty nine themed issue we didn't know it was going to be like it blew up that month remember that
1: i I didn't know x29 blew up
2: well you know like the mars hill thing blew up and uh you know and and i remember at the time going what's what's going on you know like that something's something's not right you know and uh but uh man there's there's i mean six years pete six years has it
1: really been that long are you sure
2: We started this podcast in March, 2013. If my math is correct and it's not usually correct, that would make it six years.
1: Yeah, I guess so. It's crazy. I didn't realize it had been that long.
2: Yeah. Church zero came out. I remember, in fact, I remember we launched the podcast. I stood at exponential in Orlando at a table and I was, were you there? You weren't there. I was so obnoxious. People walking by. I'm like, Hey, your wife called. And I'd hand them this card and I'd be like, she says, listen to this podcast. And uh, it it was funny, man. I just kept saying all this stupid stuff. And the draw to my booth back then, uh, I had I was advertising New Breed Church Planner Magazine Church Zero, and I had Mister T at my booth. And uh, when I say I had Mister T, I had the Mister T doll from the '80s, and uh, I think I had a He-Man action figure. I had all these like '80s toys on there. People were like, "Dude," and they're stopping by. So if you remember that all those years ago, that was me.
1: We met some of our uh, of our longtime friends at some of the conferences that we've been to. Like that's where we met Tyrone White, Tyrone.
2: Yeah, formerly known. You brought the dolphins that flew around the. uh, You know, it's amazing because we're on really good terms with Exponential. It's amazing that they even talk to us because in the early days. (laughs) Oh man, the stuff we did! I know. Remember when they're like, we had all these interviews planned, like they're all video. In fact, it's funny because I keep seeing them pop up on YouTube, our early days of Church Planner Magazine interviews. And um, we've got like and Hugh Halter, and Caesar, and Brad and Lance. And um, we got all these people we're interviewing, and we had just scheduled tons of interviews at that conference. Then we found out you can't interview here. So we're like stealing little like secret back lots to to interview. Remember that?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. We're
2: like on the run. We're hiding out from Johnny Law, conducting because we're like, well, we got these scheduled, and at one point we ended up in the pastor's offices because we're like, well, they can't kick us out of there if Rick says it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's where we did uh, Derwin Gray. Derwin Gray. That's right. That's right. And then, uh, but you know, it, they just had a general rule. They weren't, they were, you know, they were right. They didn't want a bunch of people conducting interviews all over the place. But, um, but, oh man, that was, that was hilarious.
1: It was. I remember what's that? I said it was. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, uh, it, I offered to sell them the magazine for $5 million. That I think
1: is hilarious. Because so I go
2: to Pete, so in the very early days, they said, hey, we, you know, maybe we buy the magazine and podcast and you guys run it for us. And I was talking uh, with Todd, and and I, I, I said to Pete, hey, you know, they're interested in buying it. How much should we – and I didn't know. Pete goes, tell them $5 million. So I went back and I told them $5
1: million. Which to me is hilarious because I was yanking your chain. I had
2: no idea. So I go back and I go, yeah, Pete – Pete said, you know, five million dollars was
1: <laughs> I think that's the funniest We didn't thing know how
2: big hey, in our mind it could have been Christianity today. I didn't know, you know, and then I, and then I to told you like a year ago. Yeah. I had no idea that you had, had that conversation with them. You were teasing, you made an off the cuff remark, not knowing that I was gonna go back and go, Yeah, it's five million dollars. Oh my gosh. And so I hilarious. told you last year and you were laughing so hard, you were crying. You did not, and I'm like, Yeah, I totally did. So Dude, if man, they we, if we, they would have
1: offered me 500 back then, I probably would have <laughs> taken it. <laughs> oh, man, that's so funny. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. I think some of our sound clips like I still love Miyagi Miyagi to me. When you when you sent that to me, I'm like doing the taco shells for dinner at my house and I'm dying. I'm just dying.
2: It's so funny to me. Yeah, that would that was a good one. I
1: loved our sound bites. Still love our sound bites.
2: Yeah, our sound bites are good. You know, we went through a season where you were playing that that's a spicy meatball, and I, I was like, Oh, that's a weird one. I don't know what that and then after a while it became funny. When you, you would play.
1: remember that from the TV commercial?
2: No. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. <laughs> that's so funny
1: to me. That's an eighties TV commercial.
2: I don't remember that, but it became really funny when you would start playing it. That's so, that's good. Or of course our favorite
1: That's it, man. Game over, man.
2: It's game over. That was our favorite you know what's you know what's funny, no joke on that one, is I don't I don't really use it now that he's died. Like it's sad. Like it was really funny when he was alive. Now it's sad. I think
1: I think when he died we actually did play that. That's we it, did man. as a tr- game over, man. Which is even
2: funnier. Oh, you, you died? It's game over, bro. It's game over. No, we did it in honor. We did it in honor of him because he was rad, dude. Bill Paxton was the bomb. Oh, he made every sci-fi movie good. Ch- including Weird Science, which I don't endorse. You go out and watch it if you haven't. Make sci-fi just, great again. Just, just the scene where he's playing Chet. If you haven't seen him play Chet, just go on YouTube don't watch the whole movie. It's it's kind of it's sexual and deviant, and, hey, I was unsaved. I didn't know any better. But definitely YouTube Chet and watch him, and especially after he transforms into the big blob monster. Oh, gosh, dude. That is classic comedy. Hey, dudes. <laughs> oh, I'm so disgusting. <laughs> Make sci-fi stuff. great again. Come on yeah and uh i, I particularly like soundbite the uh i like all my O brother where you know i love those yeah I don't know i'm a party of those anymore i don't yeah I we don't had that them. one um you know it was really good and i because i don't listen to our podcast very often so i went through a stage where i listened to all of them
0: no sir i have no experience but i'm a big fan of money i like it i use it i have a little i keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in.
2: Wedding singer. I finally figured it out. Oh, is that what that one's from? Wedding singer. Yeah. Show you have any money! experience?
1: That's that's what you should have said to Todd. Hey, Todd, you want to buy our magazine? Show me the money.
2: <laughs> I think that's what I was unknowingly. I didn't know. You know, five million dollars. I can't believe that. I actually brought it up to him and said, "Hey, man, you know, I, I, you know, I didn't know, you know." So um, that was. Did funny. he
1: laugh? When you brought it up,
2: he did. He's actually got a pretty funny sense of humor. I mean, he's he's actually a pretty cool dude. So that's funny, man. I see. I don't even remember telling you five million.
1: That's what's funnier to me because I get just see myself just spitting off something off the top of my head because I, <laughs> like, I didn't remember it. At so all.
2: ridiculous. Okay, so there was this there was this uh, joke that I told. I I did this with one of my best friends in in high school. where I told him, "Oh yeah, you know Chuck Smith because." It, it is true that Chuck Smith used to have guys that would stand ushers that were packing heat in case, cause he would get death threats and stuff. And so, um, there were some off duty police officers that were there. And, uh, and I mentioned to my buddy, he was actually my roommate. I said, hey, oh, yeah, once I gave him this big hug and I was, I was goofing off and I was saying, oh, you know, it was right after my grandpa died. And, you know, so I, I, I hugged him a little too long and the guys got nervous and they thought I was attacking Chuck, and so they 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 jumped me and wrestled me to the ground. And next thing you knew, I had a gun pointed at my head, and it was it was it was terrifying. And I was like totally being ridiculous. It was like you with five million dollars, totally ridiculous. Years later, I'm over I'm overseas. I'm a missionary, and this story gets back to me, and and I go I call up my buddy and go Hey, I heard this story. I go You're the only one I ever said that, and he goes. I know he goes, I know it's crazy. Like, you know, and I go, dude, I made that up. That was a joke. And he was homeschooled. So it was like I don't, I don't know that that explains anything, but he didn't get the sarcasm. And, uh, and he's like, oh no, you mean, he goes, I've told that story a million times. <laughs> oh, no. oh no. That's great. Yeah. Now I'm going to start telling that story. <laughs> Yeah, urban legends that never were. Yeah, but, too bad. But uh, no, it's been fun, man. I mean, you and I, we we've enjoyed this. We it, six years is a long time to do something. We've 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 wondered if we should uh, should keep doing it. Should we should we press on or should we should we hand off? Should we give up the ghost? We've had all these discussions as you do with anything you do for a number of years. Yeah.
1: So, what do you think we'll end up doing?
2: Hmm. Mm, I'm consoling my Magic 8-Ball. Difficult to see.
1: Ah, You just don't want to say it on the podcast. I think we know <laughs> what direction we're going.
2: We don't know yet. We don't know how things are going to shake true. up, but That's we're true. talking about That's things. True. That's true. We might, we might have some cool plans. That's all I'm saying.
1: All I got to say to all of this is... I made my money the old-fashioned
2: way. I got run over by Alexis. Well, guys, here's here's the bottom line. If you couldn't tell by now, this 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 episode had no redeeming uh, values at all um, or qualities. But you know, hopefully, our podcast over the last three hundred something episodes has, and you've benefited. I I honestly think, Pete, when I look back, when you get down to the nitty gritty, as uh, Nacho says, and you, you get, get into our to topics. And you get into our topics and you see all the stuff we've covered. To me, it's it's almost like a seminary education for church planners. I mean, we've covered everything from different theologies to um, missiology to, you know, hermeneutics to homiletics to – I mean, it's just – we've covered counseling, mental illnesses. We've covered – Like, it's been, like, I would say almost beyond, we're not giving you Greek and Hebrew tools and stuff like that, but this has been, like, a practical ministry crash course. And, like, it's not that crash when you've been doing something 300 episodes and, uh, you know, six years, you know what I mean? Well, as Batman
1: says, the Church Planner Podcast isn't the podcast that planners
2: deserve. But the podcast, they need. The best description that, that I ever heard of what we do was somebody said, do you remember Car Talk back in the 80s, 90s? It was 90s as well. Remember Car Talk?
1: I never heard it, listened to it, watched it, whatever it was. I don't know. It was
2: on NPR Saturday mornings. It was a couple guys. Um, they're mechanics. I was watching
1: Thundercats then, so no.
2: Well, you know, I was watching the tick back in the I still watch Saturday morning cartoons here. I was in, in, uh, interim pastor of a mega church watching cartoons on Saturday. I was like, don't bug me on a Saturday morning, man. I'd be watching the tick and some other cartoons. I, w- I watched Batman beyond back then adventures of Batman and Robin. That was a good Saturday morning lineup, man. WB was rocking. So anyways, um, the, uh, the reality, though, is that, um, what was it? Oh, car talk. So yeah, I'll go out and get my bagel and I go get in the car and these guys would have people calling in going, Hey, uh, you know, my car, uh, and they would just talk them through it, but there was a lot of banner and a lot of chatter. And, uh, and then, but, you know, they're going to fix your car, man. and going to tell you exactly what's wrong with your car and pop the hood. And I hope if nothing else during this time, Pete and I have been able to kind of pop the hood for you and uh been able to 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 help you you know kind of troubleshoot and get a little bit deeper and we've had fun in the process as well
1: so with that this is our final episode thank you everyone for joining <laughs>
2: <It's
1: not>. us <laughs> well i don't know i just i felt like it deserved like that kind of a cap on
2: it <laughs> it's not our final episode
1: <laughs> I, but you said it i think we ought to cut it off right here i think you set it up perfectly final episode
2: Peace, I'm out of here.
1: I think that's what we ought to do.
2: But it's not our final episode, so we don't want to do that. (laughs) All right. Okay, should we just tell him honestly? I I think so. We've talked three options. One is we keep going. The next option we've talked about is do we uh, stop it, just cut it off at six years? And then the third option is, do we kind of transition to new hosts who maybe might do it better than we did. And that's kind of what we're talking about. I almost forgot. I almost forgot.
1: We got an email this week. Oh, don't forget that. You were like, you have got to bring this up on the podcast. It was pretty good. So we had a dude, uh, Try to join Bivo Inner Circle, and unfortunately, uh, uh, I had just closed it down. We're not accepting any new members in the Bivo Inner Circle, so I had to like refund him his money. Man, what was his name? I gotta find that email. Um, do you remember what it was by any chance?
2: Someone knocking on your door? No, that was me.
1: Oh. Here
2: it is. Um, I can find Here it. it is. Here it is.
1: So I just said, Hey man, uh, my apologies. Not getting this up on the website. We're no longer taking new participants into the program. I've refunded your payment, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. So then he writes back, you're killing me. Smalls I had high (laughs) hopes for a viable income and more time for the church. Are there any plans to restart it again in the future? What about the platinum? If you do open it up again, I'm very interested by the way. Thanks for doing the podcast magazine. I suck at reading the magazine, but I've listened to every podcast Great info on church planning, and I love the smack talk. You two are the only people who have ever given me an asthma attack by laughing too hard, and you did it twice. <laughs> Boom! Right that's there. Awesome. That's awesome. you leave on a high note. We got to exit the podcast right there.
2: That's hilarious, man. You know what? Here's here's the deal. You uh, you, you you give a guy asthma attacks not once but twice. You know you've really hit podcasting gold right there. I'm telling you,
1: that's <laughs> Who else can say that? I almost killed the guy twice and didn't know it. Oh, yeah. With my words. I almost with killed the guy with bullets. my words. I almost ca- I made a guy laugh so hard he almost died. Not once, but twice.
2: That's ninja-esque right there. You know, it, it's not going to be up right away, but you can look out for two other podcasts I'll be doing. One is called Bible Ninja, the Bible Ninja podcast. Where It's in association with Through the Word, uh, and it is going to be eight- to nine-minute chapter summaries every week of every chapter in the Bible. Actually, it's going to be a daily podcast. Yeah, I was so, going to say, it's going to
1: take you uh, probably, what, 30 years to get through it? If yeah, it's 30 years.
2: A no, it, it'll be a daily podcast, eight- to nine minutes. You can use it devotionally. If you guys ever heard my Leviticus, um, we used to talk about that on the podcast because I was recording it in the early days of the podcast through the word. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going through all of the Bible in association with through the word. So, um, that'll be one. The second one will be called ministry ninja podcast, and it will be a podcast just about ministry stuff in general, not church planting. I think this is kind of where I'm at, Pete, is I feel like to a certain degree, I've said almost as much as I can about church planting, And we've, branched out so much into ministry that there's times I'm like, I want to talk about this on this podcast, but it doesn't fit. So, you know, as, as we kind of, um, you know, uh, as I, as I look to start another podcast, that podcast, again, it's ministry ninja look for it. It should be up and running by March. In fact, both of those should be live and operating by March. You can always check those out. And uh, I just like to say that uh, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> well, luckily, Pete, I've I've found a couple other people that know how to do things. D- did you find another Pete? Because I found I can never say I found another Pete. Come on, there's only one Pete Mitchell. There's
1: probably and no one else I've ever met more who needs a Pete
2: than you. I, I'm not gonna. Hey, leverage, baby. That's all I need to tell you. Team leadership is not a sign of strength; it's a sign of weakness, and I embrace it wholeheartedly. Yeah. And here, here's the thing, man. Um, really, uh, I'm I am proud of this podcast. I think Pete, what what you have brought to our podcast has been phenomenal. Like, I I honestly. I I kind of look at it. Some somebody said this to me this week. They go, you know, no, no you were friends, but he goes, I think your podcast, you know, they have a certain style that's very Peyton Jones, and I, I think, I think maybe if it was less Peyton Jones, I have a broader audience. <laughs> you know, when I come to think of it, I think it's it wasn't Peyton Jones. It was Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell. Man, that combination smack talk. So you're grew saying out of
1: you're saying if you had less Pete Mitchell, you'd
2: have a broader audience. I would actually
1: totally agree with that. I think I've been saying that that pretty much since the beginning.
2: No, what he was pointing to was the flavor. And I did not create the flavor of this podcast, brother. The flavor of this podcast was largely you. And what, I mean, I will not be able to reproduce what really just came out of our friendship on here. And to be honest, I'm proud of that. I'm proud of, just one guy who's not in ministry, one guy who is in ministry, and what that has meant to the podcast. Like that, that to me was a one two punch combination. It's kind of like Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin, right? If you had two Jerry Lewis's, it wouldn't have been the same. Abbott and Costello, these these team ups are kind of like you need one ministry guy and one non ministry guy. You know what I mean? I I know what you mean. I'm a
1: non-ministry guy. I think you. I think you nailed that one.
2: <laughs> or, you know, we we there are still people out there pulling Pete to be their pastor. There was that tribe. There was that following. Pete Mitchell's my pastor. Do you remember that? Unfortunately for them, but I think by this point, now that
1: they've really gotten to know me, they're like, "Yeah, no, that was just a joke."
2: Yeah, no, it it was a joke, but. I think all of us kind of kind of secretly hoped at one point you might actually end up in vocational ministry. So,
1: uh, it, it, but let me ask you something. If 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 you were to plant again, like I think you're planning on doing
2: right now. Oh, it's happening. It's on.
1: There's so much that needs to be done. How would you make sure that all the bookkeeping and payroll and taxes
2: were done? Huh? That's a good question.
1: It deserves a good answer.
2: Since it's our last uh, podcast, maybe. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I've been wondering that for the last eight years. No, I'm teasing. Um, Simplify Church, Pete. What? Simplifychurch.com. Wait, let me write this down.
1: Simplifychurch.com.
2: Yeah, that's right, Pete. They'll take care of all your IRS compliancy. They'll take care of all of your bookkeeping, even your tax receipts. I mean, listen, Simplified Church can do almost anything. They can cook your breakfast, and they'll put the eggs in the bacon grease if that's what you need. And they'll push it for you, baby.
1: It's wonderful. It's wonderful.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, guys, thanks for joining us today. Uh, this really isn't our last episode of the podcast because we do have sponsors. But, hey, thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week.